This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's not a successful season, of course, and that's defined margins uh, margins in football. Sometimes, you know, one kick can uh, define a season as a as a good one uh, or as a successful one, and one uh, one kick says it's it's not. And uh, improvement, yeah, second in the league. That's probably no one expected us to be second in the league after after the start we had, after the lack of pre-season we had. But the boys have been really, really good, and uh, but just came up short tonight, unfortunately. And that's that's on penalties, um, which we could have been sat here saying it's a successful season after after the same game. So, uh, but trophies matter, and that's what matters at this club. So. Uh, no, it's a short answer. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Villarreal win the Europa League after an epic penalty shootout. That was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with a massive summer of rebuilding ahead of him. Welcome to our Friday show on the ball with me, Ross, and the guys, of course, the guys being Bob Holmes. Good evening, Bob. Good evening, everybody. Craig Marais is also here. Hello, Craig. Hello, hello. And Des Corkill. What's up, Des? In the town where <laughs> I was born. I, I know that's Is that the Rolling Stones? Is, is, is that Lady enough. Gaga? Is that? No, no. <laughs> it's a song called Yellow Submarine by our very own Liverpool band, The Beatles. Come yeah. On, yellow Submarine. Yeah, wrong show, Des. Wrong show. Uh, tweet <laughs> at BFM Radio. Uh, tweet us individually. Find us all on Twitter or, or follow us on social media as well, BFM Football, on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, yeah, we'll look back on the football. We'll, we'll talk about uh, major movement in the world of managers. We're, we're going to preview uh, Brentford against Swansea, championship playoff, uh, Bahrain against Malaysia, and of course, the Champions League final. All that coming up for you. Can't say fairer than that. Uh, first up, though, Villarreal won, Man United won, Villarreal winning 11-10 on penalties. I'll come to the resident United fan, Craig, first. Craig, um, where do you want to start? I don't know. Penalty shootout. De Gea was not close to a single one of them. Uh, in 90 minutes of play, it was clear Rashford was not fit. He was having a really bad game, but it just goes on. It just goes on. Uh, yeah, um, you know, if we, I mean, let's start with the manager first. Um, <laughs> tactically, I think he set up, you know, as he would, and I, I don't think tactically there, there was too much. He made a big with. call though, Craig. He, he made a big call with with the defensive. Mid- he played one defensive midfielder, I think, for well, the first I was just time. Say, or second yeah, I was just going to say, if he went attacking, if anything, you know, yeah. and, and I thought, you know, that that was the right thing to do, knowing that Villarreal were going to sit back. Um, so obviously, he, you know, he played uh, Pogba in there with McTominay, uh, Rashford on the left, Greenwood on the right, and then uh, Cavani and, and, and Bruno in the hole. Um, th- the problem with that was, you know, when you turn to the bench and there's no one there to come off to try and change things when you needed it to, when you needed a pair of fresh legs to to add some energy to the attack, um, there wouldn't have been anyone um, apart from your wingers in in Ahmad and and James and things like that. Um, I I was really surprised, very surprised that he picked two goalkeepers on the bench. And and for the life of me, I can't understand why he's done that in a final. Um, You've got Alanga, who scored um, over the weekend, um, in the final game against Wolves, at least give him a place on the bench just for those fresh legs. 
I mean, he's, he, he's not a world beater. He's 18 years old. He's fresh. But sometimes you need something like that, some energy, someone that's going to come in that, that, that's just going to change things up. Villarreal won't know a lot about him if he was to come off the bench. You need something like why would you why would you have two goalkeepers on the bench? It, it was baffling uh, for me. Um, and, and you've got you know an eighteen year old striker up there um, who, who's been tearing it up in the other twenty threes, scored in the Premier League over the weekend. It must be absolutely buzzing, confidence high, um, and it, and he's just not even in the squad. Uh, that for me was was a major major uh, mistake from Ole. Um, but as I said, tactically. You know, I you know with the first eleven, I don't think he's done a lot wrong there. I think it's it's you know it's as as good as it as it could be. Obviously, with the injuries to Fred and, and Maguire, um, and I just think his his big players let him down. Yeah, um, you mentioned Rashford there. Um, he was, I mean, how he lasted the whole match is beyond me. The only thing that I can think of is is that you know Ole felt that it, if it was going towards penalties, he'd be a penalty taker. Yeah, that's the only thing that I could think of that that could save. Him from that, but he was atrocious. I mean, if we're going on a scale of ten, um, he, he's lucky to be getting a three. To be honest with you, um, and how Bruno, did he miss that sitter, eh, Craig? That one was on a plate. He was offside. He was offside. It, it was blown <laughs> offside anyway. Uh, but I mean, he should be he should be finishing it. But at the end of the day, he was offside. So I'm not going to look too much into that. All right. But I mean, Bruno as well went missing. Yeah, um, and, and that was big for United. Two two key players. Yeah, um, as a spectacle, Bob, it wasn't much. Three shots on target in 120 minutes. And the second best team in, in England can't beat the seventh best team in Spain. Yeah, um, it was a dire spectacle, redeemed only by an epic penalty shootout, uh, the quality of which was extraordinary. Uh, didn't matter who was taking them; they seemed to whack it. You should have corner. seen. You should have seen the state of me when Fred was taking it and James walked up. <laughs> yeah. I was, oh yeah. my goodness! I, 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 I was bottling it. So I, I, was like, I God. crumbled in Is front of the TV by then. <laughs> yeah, I felt somehow um, that Villarreal wanted it more, and they seemed to have the the edge in a lot of departments, even the toss for going first, which changes things 60-40, by the way. The chances of winning a penalty shootout are 60% if you go first. Now, that's, that's pretty significant. And, I mean, it was on a knife edge. And, I mean, even that alone could have swung it. But the game itself... I don't think it really mattered whether De Gea scored his goal or not. Mm. It, was a, it was a pretty dire performance by United. And I think it showed that there's a lot of rebuilding to be done. Even if they'd won the, the trophy, it's probably a good thing they didn't get it for them. Because, you know, now there's a big inquest and now we've got to sign players and do all that. If they'd been deluded into thinking, ah, we've won a trophy now, you know, we're on our way like it was uh, going to be compared to Alex Ferguson's first European win, the Cup Winners' Cup in Rotterdam in 91, when Mark Hughes was the hero. And that set United up then. They were unstoppable after that. And people were talking as if this could be a similar thing, but nowhere near, nowhere near. And really, there's, they don't just need a couple of players. I think they need about four very, very good players 
the, I mean, the depth, the lack of depth, like you're saying, having to keep guys on until the end of extra time just to be able to take a penalty. What does that say about the depth? And okay, Maguire was injured. All right, he was only the, the only major uh, absentee, wasn't he? To be fair, mm. so it, it's it's a bleak a bleak picture and a, a big big reality check. I feel, and just like to mention the uh, panel, the question of whether Oli should have changed the keepers uh, when it came to the shootout. Uh, just as Louis van Gaal famously did in the World Cup for Holland. And that worked. He brought on Tim Krul, a known penalty taker. Well, I, I've been saying on here for weeks that I think De Gea is a much, much better keeper than Henderson. But when you look at their penalty-saving record, De Gea, none in 36. Henderson, eight in, in 19. Mm. Now, that is a very, very big difference. And had Ole done what van gaal did you don't know you might have you might they might have won the trophy yeah but let's take nothing away from unai emery and, and villarreal or should i call it the unai emery trophy unprecedented four wins by a manager plus three for Sevilla. but they had a game plan des they sat deep everybody and their dog knew that game plan <laughs> but united couldn't break them down well, firstly, um, uh, just a general comment to, to all the non-Man United fans. This is delicious. This is a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful poke-you-in-the-eye moment. The rich irony of Bruno Martinez losing a penalty shootout is just... Bruno Fernandes. Uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Martinez. Uh, Bruno Fernandes missing a penalty. Oh, it's glorious. Take that away. Take that away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but, but losing in a penalty shootout is just the richest irony. Love it to bits. And, uh, and such an epic ending. Uh, that 17 minutes was epic. And, and, and this, is, this is one of the points I've got. So uh, uh, Kishanen in a previous programme used the, the word, it's binary. Win good, lose bad. Win good, lose bad. And you know what? Those United players who've come up, they've, had, they've shown balls of steel. From 5-4 downwards, it has been, you must score. You must score. Every single one of them. You yeah. must score. And they all have. Um, in, in, the, in the game plan, going, going back to, um, uh, to em, em, Emery, it was basically smother Manchester United. Don't play. Let's just try and hit on the break. Let's try and sneak a set play. You know what I've been saying about that, about Burnley and about Newcastle in the English Premier League. They didn't come out to play. So they've got this set game plan and it's won. Fabulous. It's great. But if that's the way we're, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be celebrating Greece winning uh, European uh, championships as they did in 2004 by not coming out to play. United didn't have enough to, to, to get, get around them, admittedly. Rashford could, should have scored. Uh, with that, that free kick. Cavani had one that was blocked on the line. The defender even now doesn't know how it was blocked on the line. One of those goes in. It's a, complete, it's a completely different complexion. Um, I didn't... Um, the, the other couple of things, I've, I've, they're just modern whingers. Um, if Fred's handball is on the goal line, it's a penalty. But mm. the fact it took place six yards out, they've decided that, although it's clearly hit his hand, in the modern interpretation of the rules, that's been a penalty all season. This season, it wasn't. You've had six substitutes used. Six. What is this? Is this Sunday football? Is this social league football? 
and we're talking about, oh, they didn't utilize this. They had five and six substitutes they could use. Uh, so this is a whinge about modern day football and, and the rules that are being introduced. You're not telling me that they still need six substitutes in a cup final. It's it just bonkers. It's crazy. So here's, here's my whinges. I think the binariness of it uh, is saying, oh, Man United dreadful because they lost the penalty shootout. David De Gea didn't get near one. I challenge any goalkeeper to get near any of those penalties. Well, he, he got near one. They were brilliant penalties. The ridiculousness of VAR coming in and being introduced. As soon as VAR came in for that Fred ball, I thought, oh, it's a penalty. It's in his hand. No two ways about it. And then VAR decides subjectively that we want to have this subjectivity on this particular occasion. And then the, the third one is I didn't think Villarreal came out to play. That made it a dire, dire final. And yeah, they've got their results fabulous. And it's amusing. It's great. But anti-footballers won in so many ways uh, the other night. Anti-footballers won. You yeah, can. but the little guy has won. The little guy. But I the mean, little guys you... always play the anti-football, though. You could argue that. Not always, but mostly. All right, granted. <laughs> but, I, I mean, this yeah, Villarreal is a yeah. small town. They've only been in the top flight in Spain since 1998, the year before United won their treble. This is what we're talking about here. It's, it's just a little town. The ground holds 23,500 people. You can get three times that in you Old Trafford. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. In the Super League uh, consideration, I think it's great that a non-Super League team, a, a, well, a team as far away from the Super League as any top flight team in Europe, should beat one of the 12. I think that's, I think that's to use Dez's word, that is delicious. <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's... I just, sorry, sorry, Ross, yeah. quickly. Yeah? Um, you know, I don't think anyone else expects uh, anyone expected Villarreal to to come out and play football um, in in defence of them? You know, I mean, they they came with a game plan, and I think yes, it's it's anti football in, in Dez's eyes. But it's, sometimes you've got to do it. it's a final. You've got to do what you have to do uh, to to win the match. At the end of the day, it's whoever lifts the trophy, and and they came with a plan. You know, they they, they were happy to sit back. They they had confidence. Give them credit where it's due. I thought the two centre backs were were terrific. Yeah. Paul Torres, Paul and, Torres and, and Raul. Yeah, absolutely yeah. terrific. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and with the threat, with the pace that United have going forward, it, it's never going to be easy. Um, they were exposed, the fullbacks were exposed a few, few times, but someone like one Foyth, for example, you know, Tottenham reject, you know, unwanted at Spurs playing at right back, I think by Trady's centre back as well. I mean, he put in a performance. Uh, I think it was made easier by the fact that Rashford didn't turn up, but I mean, there, there were a lot of, um, players in that Villarreal team that really stood up to the occasion, more so than United. Mm, yeah. Okay. Here's, a, here's a question for all. Were any of you, other than the penalty shootout, remotely entertained? That's my question. No. And because no. We're, we're in this broadcasting entertainment yeah. sphere now, and that has been my argument for many years to defend me. But if you yeah. don't go out, to, if you try to just not lose games primarily, you're not entertaining. The money doesn't come from the paying fan. The money comes from the neutrals. There I, is my argument in a nutshell and has been for, Ross, you'll defend me on this, I'm sure, five years at least on the show. I, okay, I, Des, Des I, I'm just going to ask you a question. On the basis of that final, do you think people are still going to be uh, waking up at 3 a.m. in Asia next season to watch the Europa League final? If Man United are in the final, if yeah. Man United are in the final, yes, they will. But yeah. if no, are neutrals? No. 
No neutral. No, okay. no. I'm, I'm talking about your neutral fans to watch no. Man United in the. You don't think so? Very few. They'll, right, they'll look right. back on last year. They'll look back on last year and go, oh, oh maybe, maybe the penalty shootout has, has, has rescued it. I, I hear what you're saying, Des. Des, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's more applicable in, in your run-of-the-mill league games. When it's a cup final, when you've got massive things riding on it, you can understand that maybe... Anything I understand the football. I yeah. understand it. I get it. As a, as a and, and, and Bob is dead right. The little team has won. I'm delighted the little team has won. I'm giggling. I was chuckling all yesterday. Uh, from, from the penalty shootout onwards. It was beautiful, but it was not entertaining. Okay, it let's, let, all right, let, let's, let's, uh, let me ask you this now. So what happens to, to Ole? Because we were all saying before that he has to win something this season. He hasn't. It's only second place. Does he get backed? Will he get backed in the transfer market? I mean, we, we know there are lots of managers about now. We're going to go into depth later, but... But, Bob, what, what do you think is going to happen now with Manchester United? Well, I think they'll back him. I mean, they've, uh, they've said they're going to back him. And I don't think uh, that has really changed things. Um, I mean, it's one game. Uh, let's face it. I mean, Manchester United are basically an entertaining attacking team. And it wasn't really their fault that the game was so dire. Uh, it was their fault. It uh, it, not a matter of fault, but I mean they they didn't contribute it, to it because they were they were off form. But um, in terms of uh, what Solskjaer was uh, supposed to do, he's achieved it largely. Uh, they have done better than last season. They are getting there. The spirit in the club has been transformed. He's ticked all those boxes, and to suddenly. Uh, turn around and not give him a new contract uh, just on the basis of that, that one game, I think, no, they won't do that. I think they'll back him. But I don't think he's a great manager. I've, I've always said that. But that's, you know, that's not the answer to the question. I think Manchester United will back him. He'll get a longer contract and he'll get some money. The question is how much? And I think the biggest thing they've got to do is get Harry Kane. Because if Harry Kane goes to City, and let's face it, there are only two clubs he can go to. Uh, PSG are not interested. Barcelona, Real Madrid haven't got the money. Harry himself Italy wants to stay in England, money. I think, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So it's City or United. Well, if he goes to City, you might as well hand them the trophy next, uh, along with the with his transfer forms because that city side with Harry Kane in it, do you think anybody's going to stop them next season? I mean, <laughs> Shud- that's it. It's all over, isn't it? Thought. Shudders it's thought. basically all over. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be similar to, to United when they signed Van Persie, wouldn't it? Mm. I mean, effectively, uh, you know, whoever signs Harry Kane. hand it over. That, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was a battle if you if you remember between City and United for for, for Van Persie, and and he came to United. The little boy um, and, in him told him to go to United. Yeah, and I think Mancini was the one that came out at the end of the season and said, "Well, we lost it before the start because they signed Van Persie," and and that's what it is. It, it's exactly that. I mean, you you you're effectively getting okay. So right so uh, 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 what what positions do you think United need need strengthening? Um, Bob, Bob said four positions. Um, I, I think you can get away with three. 
And those three would be centre-back, um, central midfield, and up front. Right wing? Yeah, no. I, I'd say... Uh, I, I, think, I think you can still play... The thing is, if you buy a striker, um, uh, where does Greenwood play? Where does he feature? I think we're still okay there with, with Greenwood, chipping in, you know, 10 goals. If I had to go out right now and sign those positions, those three position, positions I mentioned would be the first ones that I target. If there's still room to get, an, uh, you know, a fourth signing, if there's still money there, then yeah, maybe I'll go for, for fourth. But you got to you got to imagine... If it's right wing, there's only one player that they're after. Jaden Sancho. And it's, and it's Jaden Sancho. And that's that's nearly close to 100 million gone already. It's, it's all the budget on one yeah. player. I, I, I'd, really, I'd rather focus on the other three positions. Guess so three weeks ago, in this very programme, we abhorred the, the fact that so much money, so much greed, so much avarice is taking place in, in top-flight football. The solution to Manchester United... Oh, by the way, it was Glazers out, Glazers out, Glazers out, Glazers out, Glazers out, Glazers out. The solution, go and spend 200 million in a year where you lost money in a pandemic. So uh, what, what happened to Ahmed? I thought Ahmed was so good, he was worth a start on the right wing. But Des, ev- ev- was so every- good he could go on. Yeah. I know every- you're going to say That's why I said, that's why I, I said exactly not right wing. I know exactly what you're going to say. Everyone's going to do it, so we must do it. No, why don't why we I have a coach? Not right wing. Why, why don't we have a coach who actually says, ah, Ahmad is really good. We ought to play him. Or Alonga's really good. We ought to play him more than in a, uh, a, a kind of match-fixing scenario as, as against Leicester. If they're that good, Introduce them. If they're All not right. that good, why yeah. aren't they that I've good? Just said, I've just said not to not to focus on a right winger because we have Mason Greenwood. You've because just said focus have. on three positions. They've spent yeah. 80 million on, on Maguire. That's not investing. They spent 100 million on Pogba. That's not investing. They've decided Cavani is the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's yeah, but but there's well. de- but there's money, there's, money, so money, 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 no, money, no, money, no one money. should strengthen the squad in the summer. Money, 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 market. money, money. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I mean, Liverpool. But don't understand this. You're, if you're objecting and... to the avarice in world football, and then you're saying go out and spend two hundred million of somebody else's money, not your money, but, somebody else's money. That's but you meant to a, strengthen that's a the fundamental squad. problem. That, that, okay. That's how okay. you improve, yeah. don't you? Strengthen from within. Van, Van der Beek. He didn't strengthen the squad. That, that's okay. 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 I'm putting my foot down. That's a wonderful socialist view of football. And, and if it worked in an ideal world, it would be wonderful. You but lot were calling for it three weeks ago. I, I know. We call for a lot of things. I call for free stuff, but I never get it. <laughs> we, we're going into a break. We'll be back right after this. Brilliantly done. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Wonderful control and superb execution has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back after a quick cooling down. You thought we had no football to talk about. Des Colkill, Bob Hobbs, Craig Marias joining me. Uh, We've covered the Europa League. Um, There's lots happening in football. I mean, the big news that happened... Um, in over the last few days was the fact that Antonio Conte would be parting ways with Inter Milan literally a couple of weeks after winning the title. Um, if you read the papers, he's not happy. They're going to get rid of at least £80 million worth of talent over the summer. And with Conte, 
I'm not coming to Des because Conte is all bye bye bye. I'm coming to you first, Bob. Um, what is it strange saying that he's walking away from Inter? I mean, surely he would have built on that, right? Well, you you would think so in a normal <laughs> situation, but this is uh, anything but. Um, this uh, the owners of Inter Milan are the same people that uh, own the club that Gareth Bale was supposed to join in China. And they won the championship last year. And this year they went bust. And this, the company has not gone bust. They're a huge operation. It's uh, real estate and all sorts of industries. But they are uh, cutting back on their investments, very much so. So... Uh, he has uh, won the title. He was expecting or hoping to build on that. He probably had a few players in mind. But instead of that, they pull the rug from under his feet and say he's got to sell players. So for Antonio Conte, that's unacceptable. I mean, he has a history of doing this. He doesn't stay anywhere very long. He seems to fall out with people. But by God, he can turn a team around in a short space of time. So he's always going to be getting a job from, from somebody. I mean, he's, he's a short-term man. He's, a, he's a, a, a Mourinho Mark II, isn't he? The early, early Mourinho. He's, he he's just a bit of better back Big Sam, Bob. <laughs> He's never been relegated. Big Sam has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's on the market, and he's talking to Spurs, and this is very interesting. I mean, you can't, you can't really imagine Antonio Conte, Conte and Levy getting on, you know, for longer than about five minutes. Um, but uh, Levy is getting a bit desperate. He's uh, even talking to Pochettino yeah <laughs> because there's talk Pochettino's not happy in Paris uh, so who knows it's uh, <laughs> this is good entertainment for the summer meanwhile Inter are, are looking at Simone Inzaghi possibly mm. of, of Lazio who's done a great job there um, it's a big one um, suddenly you, you put Juve favourites for next year again Craig um, yeah because uh, well, you've got to look at the situation at Inter, and, and if you read uh, the papers, you'd see that they need to raise something like 80 to 90 million from sales of players uh, in order to, to, to kind of survive. Um, and that's worrying because straight away, you're going to look at, you know, your front two and Lukaku and, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Martinez. Martinez. Arturo Martinez. Martinez. And, um, and those, I mean, Martinez, I think last season was, was actually linked to Barcelona for, for around that kind of price. Um, it didn't go through. He stayed. They've won Serie A now. Uh, but again, if you read reports, um, you, you, you'll see Lukaku being linked back to Chelsea. Um, now, will Chelsea go and, and, and spend 90 million on him? Probably very highly likely that they would if they need a, if they go after number nine because they also um, want Kane so that that's the other team that I, I can't see that move happening to be honest with you I mean oh, no, Levy we, would we never gotta, yeah we, we got to remember that you know he's still got you know quite a few years left on his Spurs contract and ideally you know oh I, actually I can't see it happening where um, Levy accepts an offer from you know your Arsenal's or your Chelsea's or anything like that so so I think that's out the window um, but but Lukaku could be a serious option for Chelsea, and mm. uh, 
and and I don't know what what this happened, what this means, because with Conte, you know, I think a lot of players um, in that squad that won that title were signed by him. Yeah, I mean, and now now that he's gone, you know, what happens to your Ericsons, your Ashley Youngs? Um, you know, you, you you might laugh, but they've contributed a lot. You know, uh, Ericsson in the second half of the season was linked with a move away in January, but suddenly came back into favour and and started playing well. So um, there are a lot of questions, and and this departure of Conte could mean um, the departure of some of their key players um, yeah. for for Inter Milan. I don't see the problem. You need eighty million, just sell Ashley Young. That's it. Done. <laughs> Covers the debt. Everything. All right. Um, Conte wasn't the only high-profile departure. Zinedine Zidane has left Real Madrid with immediate effect. Uh, as big as as as. Ground-shaking, Des Corkill, this news, as the Conte one. That's two big managers out of a job. Two big clubs. Yeah, Zidane, I think, was was expected. Um, there was some talk that Raul is going to come in from uh, Real, Madrid, Real Madrid B uh, to take over, where um, after mm. Guardiola kind of route, you start with the B team, move up into the A team. It would be nice to see some sanity. I can't leave the Conte thing without, without, without a comment. It's about um, teams overspending. And Conte going into a hissy fit, nothing more, again, because you're not giving me £80 million. Why aren't you giving me lots and lots and lots and lots of money? Money, money, money. And he can win with, with teams. He can turn things around. But the team is skint. And somebody's gone to him, listen, we, we, need, we need to save some money. How dare you? I need to spend your money. And that is top flight football at the, at the, at the top level. It drives me insane. And we, we just railed against it with this Super League thing. And yet we're blithely, happily letting it go on again. But anyway, away. Uh, the Zidane thing is interesting. <laughs> Wouldn't it be strange if Real Madrid were the ones to show a little bit of restraint and uh, not go for a big name and maybe go for a Raul, maybe go for some, some calm underneath the waves? I'm not expecting it. But uh, it'd be good to see a Raul, a legend at Madrid, carry on uh, the, 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 the rather splendid work that Zidane has done. Um, Zidane's been a class act. What a way to go as well. He decides when he's going out. It's not quite out of the top. He would have loved it to be in a European Cup final, I'm sure. But he owes Real Madrid nothing. He owes football nothing. He's given us uh, some fantastic moments as a player and as a coach. And maybe he'll be back uh, for a third time at Real Madrid when they <laughs> choose the big name and it goes wrong and they bring Zidane into to come. Well, hasn't he, hasn't he thrown another history fit as well, Des? Zidane, no. He's been talking of, he's been talking of leaving for a long time. No, nothing. This has nothing to do with with the situation that Real Madrid are in, uh, with them it, possibly being banned from Europe, with them, you know, being. It may broke. be, but there's there's different hissy fits, and that he's, uh, he's 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 <laughs> actually, Conte has come out, and there clearly is no money. Clearly, is no money. No, I, I think I think in They've Conte's, in, in Conte's it, yeah, in Conte's defence, I mean, he's been asked to to kind of. Uh, dismantle his championship winning squad and why but would you do that known, when you're at the top we, it has been common knowledge but that similarly. Inter Milan are going to be in massive financial problems at the end of this year it's been known since a, a very early on in the season it's like Perak we've all known about it so this is the final scenario coming home to roost and Conte knows about it more than anybody else so, so then when <laughs> I mean you used Perak what about Memo when he left then exactly so that's not a hissy fit that's saying okay here's the situation Time. Why, why is Zidane leaving? Why do you think Zidane is leaving? 
Yeah. I mean, he's left before when he was absolutely at the top. You know, that was that was perfect timing. But now it looks like they're entering a downward phase. A rebuilding phase. And he's leaving. So he's not got the stomach for the fight, has he? Yeah. He owes nobody anything. Okay, let, 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 let's let, let, let's. And, and neither does Conte. Conte <laughs> does. Conte's built that team, knowing, knowing we've known around <laughs> the world that Inter Milan are in massive, massive financial problems. Same we've with Real Madrid. That. Same with Real Madrid. We've we've, we've known Real, Madrid's a, Real Madrid's a state team. Real Madrid will be rescued by the state. It has happened <laughs> multiple times. Real Madrid will certainly find some land to be able to sell it to a rich developer and Real Madrid's problems will be solved. Real Madrid never have a financial problem. Inter Milan have got a major financial problem. It, well, Inter, why doesn't Zidane wait for that de- rich developer to come along and provide the money and then start rebuilding the team? Why mm-hmm. does he want to quit? Why does he walk out on the he, on the so-called built, love of his life? He's built three European Cup final winning teams. He's, he didn't win the league this year. He, he's, he's shown longevity with Real Madrid. And his has been a calm, it's known, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping out. Go and, sort it, go and sort it yourself. It hasn't been, a, I haven't been back. You haven't had that from Zidane. I, I reckon Zidane's left because he, he, he wants to quickly get in with, with Levy. Watch this space. <laughs> no, I mean, he would work in England. Wouldn't that be a test for, for Zizou to, to go somewhere else? Now, he's proven himself in Spain and in Real Madrid. Imagine taking would, a photo but... from behind of the two of them. How do you tell them about it? <laughs> I think sport, Spurs, uh, the Spurs job is becoming something of a poison chalice <clears throat> because uh, they've, got, they've got no money. They really have no money. They've got to pay for the stadium. And this is no small matter. It could be the millstone uh, similar to what the Emirates has been for Arsenal. You know, people tend to overlook that. But Arsenal have never been the same since they built the Emirates because so much money went into that. Arsene Wenger couldn't rebuild the double winning side as he wanted to because they were paying off the stadium. But they've got less debt than than Spurs, haven't they? Yes, well, they paid it off now. Mm. They had less debt than Spurs, and Spurs hadn't won a double, and they just lost their manager. Um, they're, they're in a bit of a mess, and their star player wants to leave. So I can understand why managers. I can understand why managers are hesitant to take the Spurs job. Yeah. Yeah, well, so much so that they are, if you believe the press, talking to Maurizio Pochettino again. And he's entertaining the thought of going back. Um, we're going to the break now. Oh, also, Juve are apparently about to sack Andrea Perlo and replace him with Massimo Allegri. Allegri. <laughs> it's a case of the old lady finding an old love. Oh. <laughs> We're going into our second break. Uh, be back right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Back with Bob. 
Craig and Des looking at the football that's available over the, the weekend. Lots of big games. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Follow us or find us individually on Twitter. Also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. On our Facebook page, we'll post, we, we post weekly all the links to our shows. And incidentally, this show is available on the BFM website half an hour after it is aired. Can't say fairer than that. Brentford versus Swansea. Uh, let's roll out the cliches. It's the most expensive game in football. It's a game worth £170 million. Pounds. Um, Brentford are perennial <laughs> championship playoff finalists, Des Corkill. Um, do you think they've been bridesmaids long enough? Do you think it's finally time for Brentford? Or, or do, 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 are you leaning towards the Swans here? Um, at my heart, would love the Swans to, to get there because uh, I've got uh, a, an old work affiliation with them and um, uh, had an old girlfriend from Swansea as well. Mm-hmm. But, my, but mind you, I live near Brentford as well. <laughs> Brentford are a lovely football team. Brentford like to play it, play it on the floor. They've got this ability to actually offload players and, and replace them because they're, they're system-based uh, rather than individual-based. Uh, uh, the coach, uh, Thomas Frank, um, he's, he's not understated. He, he, he likes to um, he likes to put himself in the, in the publicity. They've they've got a brand new stadium. Uh, they've also got an ex Liverpool player called Sergi Canyos who I've been keeping an eye out because uh, he was highly talked up when he first moved to Liverpool. Didn't quite succeed. Went down to Brentford, and now he's just the guy pulling strings in the heart of midfield. fourteen assists this season. Not bad, is, eh? and, and he's he's up there eight or nine or ten goals or something as well. So, um, so they're playing a, a nice brand of football. They're a nice football club. They're community based, um, but then again, so Swansea. Swansea are very much the same. But I think Brentford are the better footballing team from the few glimpses I've had of them this year. They, they seem to get it on the deck. Plus their ability to recycle players probably makes them favourites because they were, they were the better team in the, in, the, in the championship as well. I'd love the Swans to do it. I think Swansea need to do it because they've invested heavily in, in players and need the riches of the Premier League. There we go, riches again. Uh, but I think Brentford are probably the better team. One day, Des is going to realise that football and money are intrinsically linked. <laughs> one day. I'm going to say the penny will drop one day. <laughs> Bob Holmes, uh, the, the money ball method that, that Brentford used. Oh, I mean, already we're talking about I, Ivan Tony. Uh, great signing. They, they got there after selling Ollie Watkins, who was another big signing and, and good, great goal scorer for them. They're probably going to lose Tony, whether or not they get promoted. But that's the way it goes there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, They don't like to use the word moneyball. No. Um, Although, I mean, it it is in a way, it's it's a little bit like that. Yes. Uh, um, They've got a great scouting system and they use data. Um, Benham, the, uh, the chairman who has put 100 million of his own money in, actually made his fortune on uh, football betting with uh, algorithms. And he's using something along those lines to, uh, to find his players. And it's working uh, really, really well, except when it comes to the playoffs. This is their 10th time in the playoffs 
And uh, you know, have you ever heard of 10th time lucky? Well, that's what they're hoping for. <laughs> but they, I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, they've got, um, I mean, the, the biggest name that people will, will know is Ollie Watkins. And he, was, he came from nowhere and they sold him for about um, 30 million, I think. Close to 30 million. Yeah. They, their yeah. total sales for their bigger names is not far off 100 million pounds. And they've been buying these guys for peanuts, but a little bit more than peanuts. They, um, Tony cost them six and a half million. Um, so they are prepared to spend a few million if they think they've got somebody really good. And then a couple of years later, They'll sell them on for 20 or 30 million. And mm. that seems to be the business plan. And it seems to be working, as I say, up to the point of actually getting into the Premier League. Now, do, do they want to be there? You have to ask that about all these teams. Well, of course, the fans want to be there, but they don't want to be bottom and, you know, mm. Uh, fighting relegation for the entire time, but they would like to get a bit of the glamour and go to Old Trafford and Anfield, etc. So yes, they do want to get there. Um, they do play good football, as Des says. They've their goal difference is thirty more than Swansea's. To give you an idea, they are an attacking side, whereas Swansea, are, under Steve Cooper, have become a, a little bit more defensive, mm. but very solid. Um, not anti-football, but very solid. The sort of team that can get through playoffs. So I, I think this is really 50-50. But it would be nice to see Brentford up there. Um, they've not been in the uh, top flight since before the Second World War. Wow. When they were actually quite a decent they team. They were quite a team, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All, all yeah. right. Well, and another, another London team. I yeah. mean, People yeah. think, where, where's Brentford? You know, in Malaysia, you probably think, where, where on earth is Brentford? I mean, it's a, it's a suburb of London. And London's got 14 or 15 league teams in Amazing. one city. It's quite, it's quite phenomenal, isn't it? Both championship meetings between Brentford and Swansea ended 1-1 this season. Uh, as Bob mentioned, uh, it's their 10th major final. They've lost all of them. Uh, there have been football league trophies. There have been four playoff finals. Um, <laughs> Craig, who are you kneeling towards for this one? Yeah, I, I, if we go back, uh, I predicted it would be um, a, a Brentford and, and Swansea. Um, and, and it hasn't quite worked out like that. Uh, sorry, Brentford, Bournemouth, sorry, um, and, and Swansea. Um, I just feel that uh, Swansea. I mean, I you know we we talk. Uh, there's two really good sides, you know, and we have spoken about how how Brentford have been there uh, quite a few times. Um, but I just feel that that Swansea have that little bit of something uh, that can get it over, can get them over the line. And and I'm a massive fan of of, of Cooper, um, the, the manager at Swansea. I really am. Um, and I think the squad that he's built. And I think Bob touched on it. You know, I think at the start of the season they they, they were. They were more attacking. They were, they were more free scoring, and then you know somewhere along the line they, they've kind of beefed up their defence. They, they they approach games a little bit differently, um, and they've got players that can make a difference. And, and I know uh, Brentford have as well, uh, but I think uh, the experience that some of those players have, uh, when you look at Horahane, um, mm. when, when you look at 
Uh, what's his name? Are you up front? Are you? Are you? Yeah. Are you up front? Yeah. Um, they, they, they are players who have played at the highest level exactly. uh, in yeah. the Premier League. Uh, they've been in this position before. Um, and I just think that's enough that, that um, you know, it's enough to get Swansea over the line. So um, I, I think um, this is going to be Swansea's uh, time and, and, uh, and it's, get back to the Premier League. It's so sad because you, you put money kind of into it. And winner of this tie, the winner mm. who gets promoted is most likely to get relegated the following season as well. <laughs> I, I mean, it really, yeah. I mean, it really depends on on a lot of things and how they're backed. I don't think Swansea have the kind of money to 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 back um, Steve Cooper. All right, a lot in the transfer. Okay, it's a Saturday, 10 p.m. kickoff. Find your legal streams. Well worth watching. I should be listening on yeah. the wireless. <laughs> it's Brentford versus Swansea. <laughs> it's, it's the championship playoff final. Uh, big game happening tonight, early tomorrow morning. Bahrain against Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia's second friendly. Um, I understand it is live on TV1 and on Astro Arena tonight. So, Des Corkill, it's, it's a massive game. It's, it's the build-up, of course, to, to playing uh, UAE and Vietnam. Um, the last practice game didn't quite work out. Lost 4-1. Uh, well beaten 4-1 by Kuwait. Uh, second half uh, capitulation. But uh, I understand Tan Cheng Ho has taken positives out of it. He's trying to gel some newish international players, the likes of Guillaume de Paula uh, as, as, as leading the line. And de Paula scored a, a very good goal. And yeah, took it well, didn't he? Very good goal. In, in, in the seven. So, uh, and it was one all for a period of time. But practice games are practice games. Bahrain's a really good test because the real reason why they're in Dubai um, is for three matches in the World Cup qualifiers where they take on United Arab Emirates, who are in fantastic form. And Ali Mahboot is in great form. But... UAE are trailing in fourth place in the standings. So they've only got six points from their four games. But then there's games against Thailand and Vietnam. Hmm. And if I'm Tan Cheng Ho, I target those because I don't think Thailand are as good as everybody makes out. Plus, hmm. uh, Tiraton's not part of the squad. Yeah. He's the, he's the forward, forward left back. Um, Tirasin is out as well. He's their main striker. So I think there's a little bit of vulnerability there for Thailand if uh, Malaysia are able to take the initiative. And Vietnam, I'm, a, I'm always amazed. I love to watch Vietnam, but I'm always amazed at how well they do. They play great football, but Vietnam are top of the pile at the moment. So if Malaysia have got pretensions of making it to the uh, to the Asian Cup finals, never mind the World Cup finals, um, also the, the, uh, the World Cup next stage, then I think they've really got to get points out of those two games. And if they could sneak something out of UAE, wow, mm. what an opportunity. And Bahrain is all prepared for that. Good opponents, Bahrain. Yeah. Tall, physical, uh, powerful. Be a test for Malaysia ahead of UAE. But this is the first of four huge matches. And um, um, between now and June the 16th, we'll, we'll get a real idea of whether or not Malaysia have got a chance of making it to the, to the big stages. And we'd love them to be there. Yeah, well, uh, Bahrain are ranked 99th in the world. They beat UAE 3-1 away yeah. as early as November last year. So it's a good test. I mean, I, I hear what Des is saying about target Thailand and Vietnam, Craig, but momentum is ever so important. You've already lost 4-1 in one practice match. You don't want a thumping here. You don't want a thumping against UAE mm -hmm. either, do you? 
Yeah, I mean, let's let's not uh, go. Got to play like well. Villarreal a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's not forget it wasn't too long ago when um, you know when UAE came over here and and Malaysia gave them a very good game. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think UAE were very lucky. I think it was two one in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, two one. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, we were comparing that result to to what it was, you know, the last time the teams played, and it was ten nil. Um, so you know, there, there's quite a bit of a difference there. Um, I, I think that the, the team has improved the leaps and bounds since that that ten nil result um, over in UAE, um, and it's going to be interesting. That the four one result, as Des touched on, you know, there were a lot of changes that were made. It was one one until then. Um, a lot of changes, wholesale changes, in fact, uh, that were made to give. Um, players are run out. Players are run out, and, and things like that. And and Tan Cheng Ho, uh, to his credit, uh, came out and he did criticise the the players that came on in the second half and said it's just not good enough, um, which shows the standards that he's setting in that national team. Now, um, yes, uh, I don't think Bahrain's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but like Des said, you know, I think that that UAE game, if they can sneak a point there, uh, that that is that is massive because it dents UAE's hopes massively. Um, and, you know, imagine if they come back with, with seven points from three games, you know, it's, it's a massive result. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think Thailand, I think Thailand and Vietnam, are, like I said, are, are there for the taking. I, yeah. I mean, you know, Malaysia have had recent success over them. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I expect, I mean, that that's the kind of standards I have for Tan Cheng Ho and the national team these days. I expect them. To beat Thailand. It's I nice to, to, to be a Malaysian fan and be able to say that as well. It is, it yeah. is, it is, because you know, we haven't had such positivity in such a long time. Um, speaking to the boys, training camp is going really well out there. Um, and, and I just think the inclusion when when you strengthen the squad with players like De Paula, with players like uh Liridon Kresniki, uh with Junior coming back into the team, you know, it just adds that much quality to it. So um yeah, and it's good to see that Safawi's back fit as well, just in time for it. Um, it it's going to be a really exciting squad. I can't wait to, um, I can't wait to watch them tonight. But more crucially, the the, the qualifiers. That's your entertainment tonight, Malaysia Bahrain against Malaysia, half past midnight, TV One and Astro Arena live. We're going into our final break. Back with the Champions League final. Lovely football, speed of that passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a pitch of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are, Bob, Craig and Des looking forward to Man City against Chelsea, Saturday 3 a.m. kickoff. Bob Holmes, Pep Guardiola and Thomas Tuchel facing off for the biggest prize in European club football. This is what it's all about. For Pep, it's going to solidify, as if it already needs solidifying, the fact that he is the greatest football club coach ever, trademark, copyright, Pep Guardiola. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. There is some competition for that title, but he's one of them, certainly one yeah, of them. Yeah, but Ole's got to win something, Bob, first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, you could say that Pep needs this more than Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. Um, because there but are can you imagine? Those... Can you imagine Roman hanging over Thomas if he doesn't win this one? <laughs> no, no, he's not. I don't think even even Roman Abramovich 
didn't expect Chelsea to be in the final of Champions League when he appointed Thomas Tuchel. So in that regard, you could say it's like a free hit. But uh, when you get to a final, uh, you, you, you go for it. They've beaten um, City in the um, semi-final of the FA Cup. And uh, so they, they do have the beating of City, even though City are favourites. So it's certainly, uh, it's, it's not a one-sided affair, this at all, by any means. And let's hope we see a much better game than the Europa League final. I think we will. I don't see, with that quality on, on the field there, um, most of it from City, I don't see how we can have a, have a dire game. I think it could be a cracker, actually. I think, uh, it, you know, if Chelsea score first it will be very very interesting um pep has a uh, the habit of overthinking sometimes on these occasions and um let's hope he doesn't do that this time because i don't think there's a lot of thinking to do he's just <laughs> got got to go out there and pick his best players uh, which is not always done mm. i mean that's what happened against leon famously in um, the Champions League last year when we thought they'd murder Lyon. And, and, and City were very, very negative and, and got beaten. Um, so that's one little bit of a doubt that City fans may have for this. And Thomas Tuchel has done brilliantly and is a great, uh, has got great attention to detail. He will, if he sees any weakness in City, he will exploit that. And he has the players to do that. But City, man for man, you'd have to say City are, are comfortably better. All right. I'm, I'm going to throw some stats at you now, Des Corkill. 13 of Man City's 22 major honours have been won since Sheikh Mansour's takeover in 2008. 16 of Chelsea's all-time haul of 26 major trophies have come since Roman Abramovich has bought the club. It's money ball, but a different kind of money ball. It's throwing balls of money at the club. Pure coincidence. (laughs) 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 Yeah, let's take the obscenities of the money aside. And, And at some stage, the obscenities really, really must be properly addressed not just a, a two-week fling of, a, oh, we've got to do something about it. Oh, let's spend £80 million. Um, my, I'm looking forward to this from a footballing point of view because Guardiola has assembled a side to play really nice, attacking, attractive football. They go and try and win games. He's uh, putting Kevin De Bruyne, an ex-Chelsea player, uh, a, a player who I love to watch playing. Left foot, right foot, can create, can score, can play uh, the, the, that versatile all over the pitch in, in Diaz and... Um, whoever Diaz's partner will be um, for, for um, central defence, a really solid um, defensive partnership. And Rodri, just the, the stopgap in front of them, Fernandinho able to step in. He's put together a, a really wonderful team, no matter how much he's spent. Um, they try and go and win games of football. Chelsea, on the other hand, I feel try to stop teams. They're not quite, they're not quite a, a, a Burnley, but they try to stop teams primarily before then trying to hit on the break and use Werner and use, use, use their skills. So from the aesthetics point of view, I'd love Manchester City to do it. And also just, um, I've, I've no more Man City fans than, than Chelsea fans. The romance of the, the journey from 
that playoff final uh, victory against um, uh, Gillingham, Gillingham in 1999 to where they are now is 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 remarkable. Money aside, uh, they they they've made a lot of noise. They've had the difficulty of having to knock Manchester United off their perch, and they've done it with money, 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 which is um, ironic. But they've done it in a very aesthetically pleasing way. And Guardiola, for he doesn't have many faults. One of the faults that he does have against him is everyone thinks he's uh, the Champions League depends on him and Lionel Messi. For him, on a footballing scale, I'd like Manchester City to be crowned. And then, and then maybe not set a dynasty, but then he gets the jury awards because he has introduced some lovely things to this football world. Yeah, with the help of a couple of billion quid. But, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. but I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Mon- money aside, um, all right. Let's let's look at early team news. Ilkay Gundogan went off against Brighton, so he's the only question mark Man City have. Sergio Aguero. It looks to be in rude health in, in exactly the right time. You can see him coming on as a sub and getting a hat trick or something. But um, for Chelsea, they're going into this one. They, they had Edward Mendy and N'Golo Kante as doubts, but they both trained on Wednesday. And if you if you follow Kishnan on Twitter, N'Golo Kante even bought himself a Nasi Lemak in London before leaving. So yeah. he's well and truly... And- <laughs> and Chelsea physios get all the credit for him recovering. Right? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you leaning towards, Mr. Marias? Um, I fancied Chelsea. Uh, if you remember my predictions, I, I, I said that they, they'd beat them in the cup. I also fancied Chelsea for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But, no, 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 that's not my prediction. But um, I just feel this time around, uh, although City, I think, uh, sorry, Chelsea beat them both in the league and the cup semi-final. Um, I just think City, um, they'll rise to the occasion this time. Um, I, I just feel this is, they smell it. You know, I think there's, there's been so much that has been made about Man City winning this Champions League. Um, and when, when they haven't won, you know, something of this magnitude, I mean, they've been a fantastic team all these years. Um, they, there's no two ways about that. Um, yes, they've come under criticism for not achieving more in the Champions League, but they're there now. They're in that. They're, 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 there's one game that separates them from that trophy. And um, and I think Pep will let them know. Um, I think add to the fact that this is Sergio Aguero's last ever game for Man City. I think there's too much going on for Man City for them not to win it. Um, so I'm leaning towards City for this. Um, I, I really think that um, it, it, it's going to be a fantastic match. Um, I think it's going to be a lot going. But I, I, one thing I really want to see is Sergio Aguero score that winning goal. Um, I, I just think it'll be perfect, a perfect send-off. Um, a but, romantic, you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I go back, I go back to, to United when we won the treble and it was Schmeichel's last ever game for do, do you reckon? Do you reckon, yeah, if Sergio, and, do, you, do you reckon if Sergio does score, commentators are now not allowed to say, Aguero! Yeah. It's trademarked already, isn't it? It's trademarked. Martin Tyler, copyright. Yeah. Um, no, but I just, yeah, I just think there's there's too much going on for, for City not to lift that that trophy, and um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with City on this one. Um, I think three three for Man City then. Um, brilliant stuff, and and everybody, well, uh, Swansea or, or Brentford for promotion, Bob. Brentford and Craig. Swansea. Uh, Des. I'd love it to be Swansea, but I fear Brentford are a too good a team. Brilliant. There you go. We've set you up nicely for your football over the weekend. Good news is we'll be on air until the end of the Euros. So we'll be here every Monday and Friday. We'll start building up to the big one. 
uh, in June for you. For now, I say thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the final. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Malaysia tonight and Champions League tomorrow. Mm, lovely. And Des Corkill, muchas gracias. I'll, I'll leave you with a song to go out on. We all live in a yellow <laughs> submarine. <laughs> Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.